Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people, with news, views and expert interviews. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Constructive Voices for 2022. I'm Steve Randall and Happy New Year. We've got lots of guests and other exciting things lined up for you this year. And in this episode, we'll be hearing from industry experts who'll share their predictions and hopes for the months ahead. And of course, I'm joined by our man on the ground, construction firm owner and Ireland's favourite TV builder, Peter Finn. Constructive Voices media partner in Ireland and the United Kingdom is Construction Industry News. Since 2002, Construction Industry News has been focused on the very latest projects and developments within the UK and Ireland. Pete, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Steve. Normally when we chat, I'm in the UK, you're in Ireland, but I'm in the UK and you're somewhere more exotic today. Yeah, normally I'm on a building site. I'm usually in a, <laughs> in a really cold environment with wind and cement mixers and all that type of stuff going on. But uh, I've decided to change things up now and uh, I've, I've actually taken a bit of a, a break with the family. We've gone on a, a winter sun break to the beautiful island of Lanzarote. I always have my construction head on me no matter where I am. And even if I'm on holidays with the family, and I have to say this, this is an absolutely fabulous island there. Uh, and the architecture here is very much something that is, is high in our priorities here because there's no high rise and they've used an awful lot of the, the stone from the local area is, is adapted and used into the building. So I'm in the sunshine, Steve, and I, I hope you're, uh, hope, hope you're uh, having a good time wherever you are in the UK. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of raining here, but, you know, we're used to that now. Um, the thing is, I mean, you've touched on some very important points there, and it kind of ties in with things that we talk about a lot. It's that whole thing of different parts of the world using different materials, different techniques, different styles, and that all ties in totally to the sustainability thing. I mean, you mentioned they use local stone there. You know, all of these things are going to become so important as we move forward. So, I mean, just give us a snapshot of architecture and construction in Lanzarote from from what you've seen. I mean, obviously, you're not working, so we don't expect you to have done a full analysis, but just what you've noticed. My, my wife's going to love this, me working here on the, on the holidays. Um, yeah, and oh, look, it's very obvious that um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure of the story, but I know at a government level that, that very early in the process of the development of the, the island and, and what they've done over here, that they spoke about the architecture and they made sure that the architecture was very sympathetic to the land here. Um, as I said, there's no high rise and um, very, very well spread out, plenty of space in between. And even though it's a volcanic um, island, they've got plenty of greenery uh, in where they can as well. So I suppose it's, it's a classic example of a place that has taken the sustainability and the sensitivity of the land and they have embraced it into the way that they've, they've done their architecture here so it's very impressive and it, and it's really beautiful to tell you the truth so it's certainly an example of what can be done if people commit to this and if you know governments commit to it or, or authorities commit to, to doing this type of thing we've got a very exciting year ahead of us we've got uh, so many uh, guests coming on board that are going to be talking about just these type of things and i know we're going to have a, a snapshot of that um in, in today's episode but really really exciting year ahead and i've decided to uh start it all off with as, as good of a suntan as a as a, uh, a blonde-headed irish man can <laughs> fantastic well yeah we have got some really fantastic insights into you know predictions really and 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 yeah 
outlooks for 2022 and things are changing so fast that I think it's going to be a fascinating episode with lots of different views on how things will unfold during this year. And I know we, we spoke in the last episode about your hopes and dreams for 2022. I imagine you're no further forward with uh, getting into Westlife. So it is uh, very much a case of, uh, you know, back on the site when you get back uh, back home and, you know, just, just working through the year. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. My boy band days are, are behind me. But um, yeah, no, absolutely, Steve. I think it's going to be a very exciting year ahead. Like we, we've been keeping our finger on the pulse here all through to, uh, 2021 and we're going to do the same thing again in 2022 um, look the sustainability issue I know we talk about it a lot but it, it is it's going to be a huge one going forward there's also so much uh, development happening across the world um, hopefully we're going to start seeing some of the, the pandemic issues starting to resolve themselves as well um, so there's kind of a feeling of, of you know hopefully a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel coming out of the pandemic and then also there's just so many things uh, happening in construction, so many exciting developments happening. There's just so much happening. So it really is a, is, is a, is a good year ahead and uh, really looking forward to discussing those things with you and, and also getting a lot done myself. I'm a very, very busy man here as well and uh, got, got lots to get done. So really, really exciting year ahead. Excellent. Well, let, let's hear some of the insights from our guests and we'll, we'll talk again soon, Pete. That's great, Steve. Thanks a million. So now I'd uh, just like to introduce a good friend of mine who's going to be a guest with us later on in the year. His name is Darren Keefe and he's based in the US. So over to you, Darren. Introduce yourself to our listeners. <laughs> yeah, that's me, uh, Pete. I met uh, Pete in Dublin, actually, and uh, we did a little get down. I'm known as the um, the dancing carpenter, I guess. Uh, I was uh, right. an HGTV host here in the States for Extreme Makeover Home Edition and uh, carpenter. I'm a furniture designer as well, and I do some light home remodels. What do you think is coming in the building industry? What's your hopes on what do you think we're going to see in the construction industry in 2022? Well, you know, I think we've obviously seen a lot of uh, push towards the green energy, homes being more efficient, more insulated, energy efficiency. So I see that continuing to grow. Design, I see, you know, design is ever-changing, So, and it's also cyclical. So I think we'll see some new designs this year. There's a lot of designs that are hearkening back to almost the 60s. You've seen a lot of these um, kind of pastel colors and the furnitures, uh, a lot of white oak uh, here in the States at least. So yeah, that's kind of where I see it going. In the States at the moment, would I be right in saying that there's a, a high demand for construction? There's a, a lot of demand for housing? Yes, yes. And I think you know there's a, there's a big push. There's a lot of people moving from the larger cities to the country. And with that, there's not enough homes for the amount of people that are moving into smaller areas. So there's a housing shortage here, which obviously creates more jobs, but it also creates a sort of a chasm uh, where there's not enough skilled labor to um, meet yeah. the demand. So there, yeah. yes, you are right. Good stuff. Well, look, we better get this out of the way as well, because I know that you've got like several hundred thousand people following you and they love <laughs> watching your dances on the Monday and, and watching your amazing work as well. So please tell us you're going to keep doing those dances. Yeah. Oh yeah, every Monday. <laughs> You'll find me uh, find me acting in Egypt. <laughs> Absolutely. If you if you haven't seen Darren's Instagram, check him out there. Darren Keith. Every Monday, you'll get a, a smile on your face when he does one of his cool dances, and also you can check out some of the amazing work that he does as well. Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people. I'm Amy Shuttleworth. I've worked in the area of sustainable development since 2005 when I joined Sir Robert McAlpine in the UK. I then went on to be their head of sustainability for their business. Moved to Hong Kong, where I then became global director of sustainability 
sustainability for Kundu and I now work for myself as well as for other companies such as Hillbreak in the UK doing uh, sustainable development net zero carbon consulting. I think that firstly, we're going to probably see a lot of businesses, unfortunately, being accused of greenwash because I think there needs to be an alignment of what defines a sustainable investment into hard assets. And I think hopefully businesses having to align with a framework or getting caught out for greenwashing will drive a sort of material change within that industry globally. Because there's lots of funds that we're seeing set up at the moment to try and help the market innovate sustainable solutions for the built environment. There will probably be a separation of wheat from the chaff in that context uh, next year, which will drive, I think, more positive impact uh, through the industry. Another thing which is a bit more technical will be that I think design teams are going to start proposing net zero designs that are also future-proofed for a changing climate. The recent COP in Glasgow, quite a big area that was focused on was around the fact that the climate is changing. So we need to be also prepared for that. And a lot of funding, particularly in developing countries, was sort of allocated towards that. Understanding how they can work with the facility management teams as well as engineering solutions will be really important in that aspect because we don't want just a net zero carbon building. We need one that can withstand also that changing climate in 10 years time when it's got a lot warmer or, you know, being able to withstand more rain. Um, it'd be really important. And I think that we're seeing engineering teams starting to propose solutions to clients on that at the moment. Constructive Voices. I'm Phil Carpenter and I'm the CMO of Alice Technologies. And for those of you that may not know us, we are bringing artificial intelligence to the world of large-scale construction, applying it towards simulation and optimization to help large GCs to build efficiently and effectively. I have for you both a hope and a prediction. And here's my hope. So countries worldwide are planning to spend a lot of money on infrastructure and, you know, the public projects there are all funded by taxpayers. So you, if you look here in the United States, you know, we just approved a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. It's a lot of money. Uh, you know, there are, there are also large amounts of money being invested in infrastructure in, in countries like the UK and Australia. And my hope is that in working together in the new year, that clients and, and GCs can spend that money as efficiently as possible. Uh, now, you know, the construction industry doesn't have a reputation necessarily for always building efficiently. You know, there are plenty of projects that run over budget and, and behind schedule. So if you ask me, gee, how do you how do you get there? How do you get to increased efficiency? Of course, as a technologist, my feeling really is look, the answer has to be for GCs to actively explore and adopt the kinds of technologies that will help them to improve their efficiencies. We are an AI-powered simulation and optimization platform that's designed for construction. So we help GCs to mitigate risk, uh, to trim their build costs, and, and deliver their projects on schedule. And you know, we really think that, that this is an example of a technology solution that benefits both GCs and their clients. And in the case of infrastructure projects like you know, highways and bridges, those clients are ultimately the taxpayers. So that is my hope for the new year is that as all these countries spend these large amounts of money on uh, infrastructure, that they really get there 
their uh, dollars worth or pounds worth, as the case may be. And then here is my prediction. My prediction is I think that in 2022, we are going to see acceleration in the use of robotics in construction. You know, why, why do I think that? Well, in other industries, robotics has flourished and manufacturing is a great example of that. I just recently took a tour of the Tesla factory here in Fremont, California, and it is unbelievable. They sort of, you sort of wend through the factory on this sort of Disneyland style train and you see robots all over the place that are uh, driving the construction of these new vehicles. And it's extraordinary to watch. And now you're starting to see robots in construction. I think it's a big opportunity. There are robots now that can lay 3,000 bricks an hour. There are those that can install drywall. There are those that are tackling tasks like drilling and welding. And if you look at where venture capital is going, there is an increasing amount of VC that's being invested in those companies. So that's spurring a lot of innovation. And I think 2022 is the year in which some of these companies will move beyond sort of the early stage, the experimental stage, and begin to scale. Constructive Voices. Hi, my name is Emma Link, and I'm an industry analyst in the industry analysis and forecasting team at the CITB, which is the Construction Industry Training Board here in the UK. I've been working in the arena of net zero and research for around the last two years. Uh, For us, we're looking at net zero in respect of buildings and the carbon associated with construction, as well as the heating and retrofitting of energy efficiency and low carbon heating measures and the skills and training implications for the work workforce and the challenges that that presents to employers. For the last two years, I've been leading on our research into net zero and those skills and training implications for the sector. We published our building skills for net zero research in March, and we recently published a sort of a short follow-on paper collating existing evidence on the specific skills required to support a national retrofit strategy, which was part of a piece of work conducted with the Construction Leadership Council's Repair, Maintenance and Improvement Group. From the research I've done, one of the key takeaways and things that really stood out to me is the need for collaboration across the industry as well as between the industry and governments. And I think that's absolutely essential if we're to meet the UK government's target of net zero by 2050. The programme of work required to do that is huge and presents a big opportunity for the sector, which I would like to see realised. We need more detail from national governments on how this will be achieved, especially in respect of retrofitting our housing stock, which is crucial because UK homes are some of the most energy inefficient in Europe and nearly a quarter of UK emissions come from our homes. The Construction Leadership Council has called for a national retrofit strategy. The UK government's heat and building strategy is a step towards it, but it doesn't go far enough. Further collaboration with industry will be essential in further defining the path to realising the net zero ambition. My personal hope is that we can build on COP26 and wider raised awareness of the climate emergency and increase collaboration across the built environment and between government and industry, which is essential to ensure that the required skills are available in the supply chain at the right time and in the right place. At the moment, we're realising local government will play an increasingly key role in delivering net zero, with a number of the councils, authorities and city regions in the UK having targets in advance of 2050. A key role that they can play is in utilising their knowledge of the local economy and stakeholders, bringing together industry and training providers and harnessing funding to enable the development of the required skills and training needed to deliver the pipeline of work. They can also implement projects at scale such that they can provide a pipeline of demand for local employers, especially those small and medium employers, and give them the confidence to invest in the skills of their workforce in order to undertake that. 
and they can also drive change through their procurement practices. I will be working closely with our customer engagement team who will be essential for us to understand and support local activity and engagement. And they're also well-placed to provide information and guidance on skills training and employment requirements. In order to support the industry, we will continue updating the national occupational standards that we're responsible for and have built into the review process considerations in respect of net zero, energy efficiency, retrofit and also traditional buildings. We've also already developed retrofit pathways in the national occupation standards for construction construction site management and construction site supervision. We're also looking into developing a net zero competency framework, which will include a retrofit element. And alongside this, we're building on the research that we've published this year and carrying out further research into the specific skills challenges and requirements for insulation installers, as well as research to examine the implications for skills and training of the UK government's future home standard, which is due to come into effect in 2025. We're also further developing the forecasting tool that we produced as part of our original research so that we can use it at a sub-regional level and it also will give us a potential to explore different scenarios. Constructive Voices. I hope you're enjoying our special predictions episode of Constructive Voices. Don't forget to get these episodes automatically using your favourite podcast app. Just hit subscribe or follow or you can always find more information on our website constructive-voices.com. Don't forget the dash. Our guests are doing so well introducing themselves and telling you all about their predictions and hopes for 2022. I thought I just should pop up in the middle so that they don't do me out of a job. Next up, though, here's Emma Nicholson. I'm founder of Women in Sustainable Construction and Property, which is a LinkedIn group. It's grown very much from back in 2011 when I set it up. So this group now has over 1,400 members and it grows year on year. In addition, I do a lot for diversity and inclusion. I'm chair of the Women's Engineering Society Specialist Interest Group. I'm also Diversity and Inclusion Ambassador the Institute of Directors for Northeastern Yorkshire. And I'm also on the EDI advisory panel for the Chartered Institute of Building. My day job, I work supporting a client with regards to reducing their carbon emissions. So I'm working with a, a university estate in terms of reducing their carbon emissions and helping them to hit their zero carbon target by 2038. I predict that there's still going to be hybrid approach to working. Uh, that's evident with regards to COVID-19 and the new variant, which will possibly impact on more of a staggered return to work, possibly in terms of return to the office. I do think that many organisations are probably going to be rethinking their strategies for the new year with regards to acceleration of action on reducing carbon emissions, as mines focus on the climate emergency both in the UK and globally. I think as well, we will see some further advancements in terms of equality, diversity, inclusion within more organisations supporting EDNI, particularly as institutes such as the Chartered Institute of Building have launched charters for organisations to sign up to. I think an industry hope is that there will be more organisations looking to improve and reduce their carbon footprints. And it would be nice to see more charter environmentalists and professionals. I myself am a charter environmentalist. Or just to see more professionals willing to gain more basic or intermediately level of sustainability skills. I do think it, it is also an industry hope that there'll be some really innovative ideas coming through from all sectors of the industry in order to make impactful changes in reducing carbon emissions, even though there may be some potentially transient risks involved. Hopefully it will be worth it. 
Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people. My name is Mark Mesa, and I'm the CEO and founder of EcoSoil Group, which is a company I founded a couple of years ago that specialized in dust control, soil stabilization, and, and road construction for the construction and the mining industry. Welcome, Mark. What are your hopes and predictions for 2022? The first one would be to reduce the reliability of plastic in the in the construction sector, which is a which is a big one. As you probably know, you know there are lots of products that come from plastic that are being used in the in the in the construction industry worldwide. My second hope would be a reduction in CO2 emissions, especially in the in the cement industry. So many many companies right now they use cement for soil stabilization, and the product with cements it's like emits a lot of uh, CO2. For example, the CO2 em- emissions that come from cements is about four billion tons of CO2 per year, uh, and only China. Uh, emit about 1 billion tons per year. Then we've got India, then we've got the EU and the, and the US. And, and, and if you sum all that up, so it accounts for 8% of global emissions. So that is a huge num- a number that we really need to bring it down. And my third hope would be a reduction in water consumption when it comes to controlling those in the construction and the, and the mining industry. Just to, to give you an example, for example, if, if you have a non-paved road uh, with um, between medium and heavy traffic, then you would need run about 150,000 liters of water per day. So that is a huge amount of water and, and you could actually fill up an Olympic swimming pool in 16 days. That, that is something... That we need to that we need to work on because right now construction and mining companies are using a lot of water to to control dust. Constructive voices. My name is Brian Brogen. I'm a general contractor. I grew up in the construction industry from 17 years old, and I've been in this industry for 27 years now. So I've had a lot of experience, mostly in industrial construction. So we're building things like power plants and mines. And I'm actually transitioning. I'm becoming a coach, trainer, and speaker, and I want to help the construction industry develop people. One of the things that I did the last 10 years is I volunteered and helped with workforce development, and so. I've realized I have a passion for helping develop and grow others, and I even say build others, and that has led to the Build Your Success podcast. Just having a lot of fun meeting people, that's what I enjoy doing and and finding out more about the industry and finding out about the great people in the world of construction. I volunteered for the ACE Mentor Program, which is Architectural Construction and Engineering. It's based here in the United States. What we do is we go into the high schools and we, we tell students about the opportunities in construction. Well, you know, the world has faced this pandemic We've learned to use Zoom and we've learned to do some things that we, we didn't, you know, not all of us were using as functionally, especially in construction industry. We're usually the last to ad- adapt to technology. But now that we have overcome that hurdle and now we can start to see other things than technology that we should be using in the construction industry that, that some other industries have been using for a long time now. Uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of the AI advancements that are going to happen where you know, some of the, the craftsmen and trade skills that we're missing can be trained through AI. And I'm looking forward to those opportunities. Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people. My name is Gilbert Lennox King from Construction Carbon, a net zero verification process. We enable anyone doing construction project to simply incredibly understand the journey towards net zero in construction. I see uh, in terms of 2022, 
there will be an increased move towards standardization, how ESG reporting is done in general, and alignment within the industry on on how carbon is reported within the construction process. Sort of related to that, I see uh, data becoming more important, and the way that data is collected will become a lot more important to those undertaking construction projects and those who are employing them. And so I see the need for the developers and um, financiers that sit behind them to offer more support to their supply chains, to collect that data and understand um, exactly how much, particularly related to carbon, exactly how much carbon is, is going into projects. And that standardization within the data collection process and the increased requirements for the supply chain is some of the things that I see coming through. And that brings us to the end of this special predictions episode of Constructive Voices. We'll be back towards the end of January with our next episode. Loads of guests lined up for you, loads of special events and things happening during 2022. Please click subscribe or follow on your favourite podcast app to make sure you get all the episodes automatically. And you can find more details on our website, constructive-voices.com. Don't forget the dash. And of course, we're on social media too. Until next time, thanks for listening. You're really helping us build something. Mm